God doesn't have any sheepdogs. God doesn't train, breed, develop, or release sheepdogs. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4 talks about apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, and evangelists who, when they do their job right, release all of God's people into incredible works of service. Uh, But when it goes wrong, it can feel like you're in a sheep pen with dogs barking at you, (laughs) trying to get you to behave in a way that they feel like. And my sense tonight in the worship is God wants to remind each and every person here that he's not training any sheepdogs. He's not getting people ready to be sheepdogs. He's not asking us to yell and bark at one another and get us doing things the way that we think they should be done. He wants to remind us of, of a much bigger and more beautiful vision than that. Um, but in, to introduce that, um, I'm going to just play you a clip from a classic old children's film. This is the trailer for Babe. When I first came to the boss's farm, it was a whole new world to me. Everyone here seemed to know their place. The boss and his wife, the sheepdogs, the sheep, and all the other animals. Well, almost. We've got to do something about that duck. Now I just have to figure out where I fit in. (laughs) I want my mom. Good heavens. Who are you? Babe. (laughs) There, there. The little pig's a bit low. He's going to sleep with us. But Mom, you went to bed. (laughs) What are you? You pig. What are you? I'm a you. A you. This is the story of a brave soul. Hello, sir. Get out of here. Who is trying to find his destiny. Can I learn how to work the sheep today? Get him up, pig. Remember, you have to dominate them. Bend them to your will. Ruff, 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 ruff. He knew his path would not be easy. <laughs> I'm not sure if you realize how much the other animals are laughing at you. It's not a duck that thinks it's a rooster. It's a pig that thinks it's a dog. <laughs> you should accept what he is and be thankful for it. But now he's determined. They're sheep. They're inferior. Oh, no, they're not. To take care of business. All a nice little pig like you need do is ask. His way. Thanks very much. It was very kind of you. A pleasure. What a nice little pig. From Universal Pictures comes the story of Babe. You look like an intelligent, sophisticated, discerning young fella. Who, me? The pig with the gift of gab. La, la, la. Nerves of steel. <laughs> Get out of here, you, you big buttheads. And a heart. May I call you mom? Of gold. <laughs> Babe. Just give me like a recognition factor if you've seen that film. I have a, an idea of the general gist or you've read The Sheep Pig by Dick Kingsmith, where it came from. And the gist of the film is that the sheep uh, are used to being looked after by these voracious, um, I don't know what sort of dogs they are, border collies, and, uh, who sort of yelp at them and, and even nip their legs if they need to in order to cajole them into doing what they're supposed to do. And then suddenly this random piglet gets adopted into the dog's family and thinks it's a dog but can't control the sheep by yelling and barking at them because it's not very scary. It's just a little pink pig. And, and yet it has this incredible character where it knows how to be considerate, polite, gracious, and inviting. And it invites the sheep 
to behave themselves and do what they, they could do. And it becomes the winning sheep pig in the uh, sheepdog trials. It is, is a heartwarming Christmas story, probably on Unboxing Day on ITV 2 or 3. Um, so yeah, so look out for it in the TV Times where it's coming along. Why, why I, I want to bring it up to us today is because uh, the Scripture, and particularly the book of Ephesians, teaches us uh, that we are essentially God's sheep. It doesn't explicitly say that, but uh, there's, there's this sort of glorious image in chapter 1 where it says, look, you were all saved for the praise of God's glory. And when you look at the people around you in the room, you're allowed just to glance around for a second at the people in the room around you. Just have a little look, just catch someone's eye. Uh, every single person that God's ever rescued, redeemed, and saved was rescued, redeemed, and saved for the praise of God's glory. So when God reaches down uh, to you and rescues you, it's like the angels go, oh my goodness me, how did you ever get that person back out of the ditch that they've been living in? There's, there's a word that we use in, in churchianity in, um, called redeem, and we don't really use it much in in our culture, except for redeeming a voucher. And you can go into Tesco and redeem a voucher, which means you get like 20p off your washing soap or something like that. And that's not what we mean in Bible terms by redeem. We don't mean you get like a 20, p, 20 pence discount on some washing powder. Redeeming was the word used, and I'm going to need a, a visual effect for this. And I would pick on one of these guys, but Levi's a bit more accessible in the front row. So, um, if you could just be a sheep uh, bleating along on the floor. And uh, because I'm trying to show that no one's overlording, I'll also be a sheep. Um, here we are. We're, 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 He's got good sound effects, this guy, hasn't he? Um, unfortunately, Levi is the lost sheep who's gone astray. So if you could get into the middle and just end up on your, on your back with your, your legs sort of kicking in the air. Um, like so, that is that's. Can we can we get a camera on this? this is, the camera's coming. Okay, that's, they, they stay there. You're, 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 you you know you can't fold your legs up. You're a sheep, um, and and we we have some dangerous animals. Um, I, let's get. Yeah, I think you're gonna need the other camera. That the uh, camera too there, and we have some dangerous animals like Emma. You can imagine Emma being a ferocious animal, can you? Um, who who maybe are just in danger of uh, of attacking a deer sheep here, um, but. God, the good shepherd, the heavenly shepherd, uh, is going to rescue Levi. And I don't think I'd better put myself in a position of being the, the good rescuing shepherd. So, so Dave, run up to the front and be God. Um, and, uh, and here comes the good shepherd, God, who is going to rescue uh, our wonderful uh, Levi the sheep from the, the nasty wolf or whatever, um, eagle or something, and, and pulls him up. And when he could do nothing... He gets rescued. When he could do nothing to save himself, he gets, the word is redeemed. Redeemed. That's what it means when we say we've got a redeemer. Someone who rescues us when we're in the ditch. And Ephesians chapter 2 says that before you know Jesus, you need redeeming. And we can't really understand that except by revelation. <laughs> because almost everything in our culture tells us either you're crap and you're not really worth anything very much, so therefore you need to buy this beauty product and get this grade and do this thing. Or it tells us, you're all right, you're all right, be strong, be strong in yourself. 
And these two sort of fallacies sort of play out against each other. And it's mentally exhausting. I'm not good enough. I am good enough. I'm not good enough. I am good enough. And you can get all these glorious Facebook feeds that tell you, just say you're good enough and you'll be good enough. And all this stuff saying, but unless you buy this, you're really not. (laughs) And Jesus says, actually, friends, the, the honest answer is that you're all broken. And Ephesians 2 spells it out. It says, before you know Jesus, you're deceived. There's something just blocking your eyes to see the truth of who you are in God's view. You're also doomed. You're heading in a way that is perilous. You're in real danger. In fact, there is a character called the devil who's gripping you. And until you're rescued from that, you're, you're in loads of trouble. It says that everyone's sinned and fall away from, from God. Everyone's unable to rescue themselves. So it's only by another churchianity where grace that you've been saved. And we, we don't really use grace much in our culture apart from a girl's name. Or occasionally if you're watching an American movie, they might say grace uh, before a meal. <laughs> but grace is this powerful word in the Bible. It's, it's God's unmerited kindness. That he would do this incredible thing of coming down to earth and saying, I... I I'm for you, and I'm going to rescue you. And it says that Jesus came down to earth to rescue us when we had nothing going for ourselves, when we couldn't save ourselves, when we were depraved, when we were doomed, when we were damned, when we were deceived, when we were actually dead in our sins. He rescued us. And so when we get to chapter 4, that's the backdrop. And the backdrop is... When you, when you see Jesus, we're all going to be there like sheep. And we're going to go, and we're going to realize that we're all in exactly the same place. It's a, it's a level playing field. There's no superstar. There's no sheepdog. There's no person whose job it is to cajole everyone else into worshiping better or attending better, or giving better, or doing better. There's no superstar who's got it when other people haven't got it. There's no sheepdog. We're all sheep. And it says that we're going to gaze on the one person who is distinct to all of us. But guess what he looks like? A baby sheep who's been killed. The great hero in that room where we're all sheep together is a lamb who was slain, a baby sheep. And that's the image Christianity, the Bible, gives for its great hero. It says our hero is just a baby animal who allowed himself to die so that the other dumb animal sheep can be redeemed. And the idea of of the church is is a bit like Babe the movie, is that all these sheep could be given tasks and roles and gifts by God to organize themselves, to grow up and become a mature group of people. So to some people, he gives this sort of entrepreneurial grace and gift to be uh, what, what it calls an apostle. 
Someone who can just open the door to other people to see things in a way that they've never seen them before. And when those people walk into the room, oftentimes you're like, whoa, now I'm seeing things differently. Horizons are opening up for me. There's possibilities I hadn't seen before. And maybe it's a bit uncomfy, it's stirring. I'm not allowed to just be settled, but whoa, as a flock, we could go there. And there's other people that he he gives a special grace to look out for those who have left the flock a bit or never made it in yet. And those people just have a a huge heart for those on the edges, on the fringes, the, the evangelists, it calls them, the good news people who love to share just how amazing knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is. And there's something about them, it just, it just oozes out of them. And they're not always the most mature Christians. <laughs> not always the ones really with the answers. They sometimes spend more time hanging out with people who aren't in church than are in church. But like a, a girl who's just found a new boyfriend that she really likes, or, or someone who's just got a car that they love, or, or, or someone with uh, their first baby... There's something about them that just can't help sort of showing you on their phone. Like, hey, I've met Jesus. <laughs> and they, over time, they, they learn how to make that sound less freaky and less scary. And, and maybe they do it as part of an organized way of a program, like an alpha course or something like that. But there's just something about them that helps other people come into the herd. And it's amazing. They're just sheep. They're just sheep. Just like the apostles, they're just sheep. But it helps others come in. And then right in the middle of the herd are these like lovely, cuddly, gorgeous pastor people who are just the ones who, you know, when you want to cry on someone's shoulder, they're they're those sort of people where you're just like, oh man, I can't tell so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so about this, but I I can talk to you. I feel all right when when I'm around you. And so these pastors are like the sort of magnetic field in the middle of the the flock. And it's like, whoa, it's so nice that you're there. And often there are people with that sort of emotional intelligence, that EQ, just to go, yeah, okay. How are you doing? And you know one of these guys, when you meet them, um, there's one who comes to this congregation. He's not here this evening, but... um, you go out for a drink with him, and he'll say, how are you doing? And like 25 minutes later, you surface going, I had no intention of telling you any of that whatsoever. <laughs> but it's just come out, and I feel so much better that I've talked to you now. That's, that's the grace of being a pastor in the sheep. And then there's the, the ones who have that sort of ability to, to see ahead, to see what's going on, or just to clock where something's wrong, and they... They go, bah, 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 and if they don't know how to control it yet, they're just like, and it's like, everyone else is like, shut up, you're bleating in my ear. But they're like prophetic, they're prophets. And, and they get this sort of sense from God. This, you know, there's something going wrong, or maybe there's something else, or, or just people need encouraging tonight. And, and as they learn to control that and just release it in an appropriate way under the authority of uh, the apostles, the teachers, the pastors even, are incredibly useful because it means that the flock's got foresight. And when danger's coming from within or without, they've identified it. 
And also on the edge of the, the flock, sometimes right in the middle of those, so you just have a grace to say, well, we're supposed to be going that way. Um, I know because I read the book. <laughs> I did the hard work. I remember what the, the good shepherd said, we're supposed to get to the pen by nightfall. <laughs> if we don't get to the pen by nightfall, we're in danger. Look, it says it right here on the page. And I keep bringing you back to the scripture and reminding you of everything that the Holy Spirit's taught us through Jesus and through the words of the apostles. And all these sort of five types of sheep are just sheep. There's no sheep dogs. There's no one going, ruff, 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 ruff. behave yourself. And when that starts happening, something's gone really wrong in the sheepfold. Because we're all just sheep gazing on the beauty of a baby sheep who died, going, I really wish I could be like you. I really wish I could be like the baby who got slain for me, the lamb who was slain, Jesus. And I wonder tonight what, what God's calling you to be in his church. You may be here tonight and God's just drawn you in through a friend or just the door was open and you're like, ah, I don't know why I'm here. Well, the great news is there's someone who's got a plan for your life. The other name for the lamb who was slain is the shepherd, the great shepherd. He stands there with his crook. He hasn't got a sheepdog. And he's the Lord. And he spots people before they've spotted themselves. And you, sometimes you only see it retrospectively. You get this sort of sense of, I have no idea why I ended up in that church that night. But I think someone must have been chasing after me. Because after that guy had played a ridiculous song on his phone and shown us uh, some Disney film or something, I just stopped and I prayed and I said, God, please, would you meet with me this Christmas time? And that's five months ago. And actually, so much has happened in my life. I just opened my life up and incredibly, things that I could never have put together seem to have come together. And maybe you came on a, a course or joined a small group and you found that there were people with pastoral tendencies and great teaching tendencies and even these like nice evangelist people who help draw you deeper in hanging around you you're like whoa I don't know what I was thinking that night that I prayed God please come into my life and be closer to me in some way this Christmas but everything began to change you might not know why you're here tonight but someone does it says in Psalm 139 in the middle of the Old Testament, right in the middle of the Bible, there's 150 songs. And Psalm 139 says, when I was in my mother's womb, you knitted me together. What a beautiful image that is. I don't think he's talking about knitting needles. That's not a very beautiful image. <laughs> there's that sense of as we formed, as that embryo, a fetus in the womb, God was actively co-creating us with our, our parents, with our mother. And as we keep growing, he's continuing to create us into what we can be. And it may be that as you look back on your life, even from this point right now, you can spot some of those things. 
I remember talking to a guy who's probably still running away from God at the moment, but he was high on drugs in his mid-teenage years and was involved in a really bad car crash. And the whole car were, were taking, taking drugs that night. And he said that an incredible peace came upon him. And he was able to get out of the car onto the pavement and just walk away from it. Someone I know very well, very close to. And he couldn't explain it, except that he knew God was involved in it. Never acted on it. I wonder what you can look back on and go, how do I explain that? God has been knitting you together from the time you were a few cells in mother's womb. Not only that, he knew you before the creation of the world. You were part of his cosmic plan. Ephesians 2 says that you're part of his masterpiece, his poem. And he keeps calling and calling to people. Is it time to come home? Should we get Levi back on the floor again? I, th I think we should get Levi back on the floor again. He's uh, too busy planning the next worship set. So back, back on the floor down here, Levi. Um, here he is. Maybe it's like you, unable to rescue yourself tonight. And there is this incredible good shepherd who is also a slain baby lamb. He's reaching down a hand to you. Uh, and incredibly, you've got a choice as to whether you respond. You don't have to respond. You've got a choice. But if you choose to, and Levi the sheep does choose to, it seems, he'll come, he'll lift you up, he'll raise you up, clean you off, and take you deep into the sheepfold. It cost him his life to do it. And that's how much he loves you. Friends, tonight, we are all sheep. There are no sheepdogs. There's a really open invitation to come deeper into the, into the flock. Maybe God's saying to you, look, I want you to grow at being that person who helps this flock to get bigger, who can see beyond or who can hold people deeper in who can love people back from their suicide leaps, who can care for them when they can't care for themselves, who can say, but the Bible says, when they're in danger of just going their own way and doing their own thing, or can listen to God and say, come on, bang the nail deeper into the ground, or whatever it may be that God's saying that evening. Because we need each other. The church of Jesus wasn't set up to be run by sheepdogs. It was set up to be free, to be free, to be free, to be free. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. And from your freedom, in unity, in love, to serve one another and help the whole thing grow up into maturity. That's the church. That's what we're inviting people into this Christmas time. It might just come for a, a glimpse at a carol service. It might just sit with you at Christmas dinner or in your office or your school or workplace. They may just be somewhere near you. But when they're somewhere near you, they're also somewhere near Jesus if you've become his sheep.
And Jesus rubs off on people. And he starts to call people around you saying, well, have you seen the difference I've made in them? Don't you want that for yourself? And people without you realizing it will get jealous for what you've got going on in you. Sometimes they may react against you because they don't know how to handle it. But as they see Jesus, they'll be like, oh, I want that. I want that. I really, really want that. Because all the world can give me is you need more stuff because you're not good enough. Or I'm good enough already, honestly. I promise you I am. I'm amazing. I'm wonderful. I'm brilliant. And you know deep down that the reality is at neither extreme. You're made in God's image, but you've messed it up like every other human being. What if there was someone who loved you in the mess? And wanted to call you home this evening was just saying, I know you by name. I've known you since before the world began. Isn't it time you came home? And what if that same God who's saying that to you tonight is also saying that to the person on the bus this evening or on the tube, or the person you'll see at home, the person you'll see tomorrow morning, and is just waiting for you to go, bah! <laughs> Let it rub off on them as well. There's no sheepdogs. We're all in this together. And incredibly, we've already got the same identity as the lamb who was slain. So it's not a long journey to go. And we're following a God. He took on the characteristic of just a stupid person like us. Ephesians 4 has it. He descended to our level. Because of that, he's ascended to a glorious future. Because he's ascended, you can ascend too. God loves you so much. We're um, coming towards the end of uh, this service and this term of uh, teaching. And uh, this term of just, you know, normal Sunday evening activities. We're about to head into our carol kingdom thing and... Next week, it's, uh, hey, bring five people with you to sing carols on the green. Week after, it's bring five people with you to hold candles and see if the church catches fire while we're doing a children's carol service. So Sunday after that is the major uh, carol service by candlelight, which is like the easiest thing to invite anyone to ever under the sun. We've got a fantastic speaker uh, coming that evening. Really, really great guy called John Irvin coming. Um, very funny and uh, very good. Such easy invitations. Next week, you don't even have to come into a church. <laughs> Stand outside on the green. And it's down to all of us, you see. There's no sheepdogs. It's all of us sharing our lives, going, bah, look what happened to me. And that's what grows his kingdom.